have a dear friend here. Uh, the Lord has intersected uh, our paths uh, quite a bit over the last few months. And this is Josh. Josh is with an organization out of Charlotte and in Greensboro and the Raleigh area called Love Life. Um, a few weeks ago, we had a, an event here. I don't know if any of you were here where we had a, a Love the Triad event. And all Love the Triad is, if you don't know what that is, it is a way that we here at Hope City try to practice the gospel out in our community. So we don't want it to be about us. We don't want to say, hey, look at all the awesome things Hope City's doing, because that's not the gospel. The gospel is we know God's nature and he is love. We know our identity through Jesus Christ. And then we go put that into practice. And so putting that into practice, we've started something called Love the Triad. And a couple of weeks ago, we had about 11 partners here from all across the triad that are doing amazing kingdom things. And we are partnering with them in many various ways. And Josh is one of our partners with Love Life. And we've invited him here today because God is doing something very special He's doing something very powerful when it comes to the, and I don't even know if you can call it just a topic, but this movement of life and abortion and foster care and adoption. And so, Josh, you introduce yourself to my friends here and just tell us a little bit about what you do and what Love Life is all about. Thank you. That's a lot. Well, I'm uh, really excited to be here. Since I was here just a few weeks ago, I was really excited to be back with you guys. This is a special place. I've been in a lot of churches over the past year and, um, you know, see a lot of different things. And uh, this is a unique place in uh, just the way that uh, you guys really uh, allow space for the Holy Spirit to work, uh, that your desire is to love people well and not make everything just about this one gathering but how we live this out throughout the rest of the week. So I'm honored to be here with you, Scott, and uh, just appreciate your friendship and your partnership with Love Life. Um, I'm the city director for Love Life over Greensboro and Raleigh, and uh, by trade or whatever, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor in pastoral ministry since 2000. I'm not some sort of political activist. Um, I I just, I love people because I know how the Father has loved me. And uh, when uh, I was exposed to Love Life, uh, my heart was gripped, um, not only with the reality of the number of um, babies that were being aborted in Charlotte, that's where I first learned about this, was 150 to 200 abortions a week um, at the one clinic out of three uh, clinics in Charlotte, um, but also uh, hearing what God was doing through the church to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, for so long to be pro-life meant, you know, you support a pregnancy care center, You have Sanctity of Life Sunday, and then, you know, you vote for certain people. Uh, And it was like, what else can we do? And and Love Life provided a way for our church to very easily get involved and be engaged and see the issue for what it is as a spiritual issue. That our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's not abortionists. It's it's not, uh, you know, people who work in the clinic. It's not the owner's. Scott, you know this, like from the beginning of time when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, they, they ushered in a culture of death. And that plays out in so many ways. Like when human beings said, God, we're not going to live under your rule and authority. We're not going to trust you. We're going to become our own gods. That instinctive nature in us to exalt self, exactly what you just talked about. We're not going to sing exalt, I exalt thee. I want to sing, I exalt me. Like 
that is really what is under all of this. And we see it play out in so many different ways in our culture. Abortion is, is a major way that we see that play out, but pornography and slavery and, and all the, even, you know, four chapters into the Bible, Cain believes his own life is more valuable than his brother's and he can take it. Six chapters into the Bible, the whole thing is such a mess, God has to start over, and, and death is prevalent throughout there. You run into the book of Exodus, and Pharaoh says, you know, take all of the lives of the, the male Jewish babies, because he believes that Egyptians are more valuable than Jews. And on and on we could go, and how this plays out in our culture, and we have a unique opportunity as the people of God, because we're people of life, to show up and be present in the lives of people who are in such a hopeless place that they believe this is the only good option that they have. And be there not in arrogance and not in anger, but in brokenness and in boldness and in compassion and say, there's another way. And I'm not here just to say, choose life for this baby, but I want to walk with you. I want to be your friend. I want to, I want to get in the ditch with you and roll up my sleeves and engage. And so our ministry exists to unite and mobilize the church to create a culture of love and life that will result in an end to abortion and the orphan crisis. Uh, The way we do that on a practical level is every year we host a 40-week journey of hope where we are hosting peaceful prayer walks next door to the three largest abortion clinics in the state of North Carolina and Lord willing in September in front of the largest Planned Parenthood in the city of Manhattan and in our nation. Uh, We'll be praying out in front of the Margaret Sanger Center. They claim to do 1% of the nation's abortions there. And what's taking place here in North Carolina has created um, fuel for pastors in New York City to say, you know what, we can do this here too. We can pray, we can engage, we can fast. And uh, so since 2016... We have partnered now with over 250 churches. We've seen 45,000 people participate in our prayer walks. We've seen 20 workers. I didn't share this in the first service, but 20 workers have quit the industry in Charlotte since 2016. They've left the abortion industry. When they do that, we help them find employment or we get them connected with Abby Johnson's ministry called And Then There Were None, where she helps them find employment. One of them was the manager of that clinic. Her niece came to have an abortion. She chose life. She got connected with Love Life. We connected her with a local church, and uh, they threw her an extravagant shower. They took care of the baby's needs. They loved this girl well, and the, the, the aunt was watching how the church was loving her niece. She actually began telling moms in the clinic, they don't have to do this, that the people outside weren't crazy, and they would actually like take care of you and help you because they were doing it with her niece. And uh, two years ago, on our 40th week of prayer, she quit working at that clinic, and she joined our prayer walk that morning and uh, was a part of of the Love Life prayer walk. And uh, so 40 weeks of prayer, what you guys are doing is uh, you've adopted one of those 40 weeks, and we're walking you through four steps this week. Hear, pray, go, and connect. So today we want you to hear the tragic truth of abortion, that in the triad, 70 babies are aborted every single week on average. And what breaks the father's heart, we want to break our heart because that also means 70 moms, Hmm. 70 dads are also impacted by this. Jesus gave a very clear description that there is an enemy who comes to seek, kill, and destroy, but that he came to give life and give it abundantly. 
And our culture has so embraced this idea of reproductive rights and reproductive justice and my right, my body, and all of these things. But underneath it all is destruction. Not only for the unborn, but for the moms and dads who are involved as we encounter these families and we hear stories and we hear of the heartache and even of the ones who would you know, shout their abortions and all of those things. We know, Pastor, what the Bible calls that, the searing of the conscience. Mm-hmm. That, that, that we have God's law written on our hearts that we knowingly participate in these things. We sear our conscience and we harden our hearts. And in that is destruction as well. And so if there's anyone to be angry at here, it's the enemy, it's Satan himself, it's principalities, it's darkness, it's the strong man that, that has come in and deceived God's people. You know, you look at all of the major hot-button issues of our day, Pastor, they, almost all of them go back to Genesis 1 and 2, and the image of God. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them, how it's connected to gender, how it's connected to marriage, how it's connected to God breathed his breath and the man became a living being and, and, and Satan loves to destroy that image. He loves to destroy God's creation, God's people and we who have the spirit of God, we who love Jesus, we have the unique opportunity to stand at these places, not in hatred, And not in arrogance and not in anger, but in compassion to say there is a better way, that there is life in Jesus and that there is a people here who love you, who will walk with you. And that's what we see. And I want to share a a story, a specific story with you. I want you to see how this plays out. We've seen now almost 1,500 families choose life at these abortion clinics, families with appointments for abortions. One mom last year. Um, she drove in, she had her window cracked open, a sidewalk counselor stuck a booklet in her window. She was sitting in the lobby of the abortion uh, clinic and she read, behold, children are a blessing from the Lord. Mm. She grabbed her boyfriend, walked out of the clinic. She got connected with a mentor. And last year she dedicated her baby to the Lord on the land right next door. (laughs) She lifted her child to the Lord on the land right next door to the abortion clinic where nine months earlier she was scheduled to have an abortion. You see, so many of these moms have said, I prayed before I left this morning that God would give me a sign. And because the church was there, that was their sign. So I want you to hear the Wiggins story um, real quick. We came to the abortion clinic. We feel like, you know, we didn't want to. It was just no help. Like, we was helpless. Like, we didn't want to bring a baby into our situation. We just thought it was the only way. We was just like, this is selfish to the baby. We felt like, you know, we have no hope in nothing, you know, because we've been living in hotels for maybe almost two years now. So, you know, we lost everything stuff in the storage, everything. We lost everything. So we just starting from the scratch. When the Wiggins arrived, and I, I just kind of glanced to my side, and I see a beat-up old car, windows down, and the, the woman said, we have no choice. We have to abort this baby. What are we going to do? My car pulled up. I meet these people, <laughs> and they're talking to me, and they're saying, no, no, you don't want to do that. And just the conversation got deeper and deeper, and then I just decided, like, okay, well, 
maybe this was meant for me to meet these people. Maybe, you know, it's a purpose in this. So within that same day, really, I changed my mind about the abortion with the baby. And we kind of went from there. So uh, so we call Love Life and tell them this: these people need everything. And they need it all tomorrow. And Love Life instantly took on, you know, helping us to find a car, uh, helping us with the housing issue, getting them set up with a mentor in a church right away. It made, it made us think about things better than abortion. You know, we had to think about, you know, that's a baby's life. You know, God blessed us with this baby for a reason. So, you know, with the, with the idea of us getting married, you know, we, we've been together for 12 years. I mean, it came across our mind, like, yeah, we're going to get married. One just, day, we just never... And just never got around to it. <laughs> just from, from that day, we went to the abortion clinic, and everything came to us at one time. Yeah. As, far as like, keeping the, the baby, marriage, you know, mm-hmm. um, help with people and stuff. So it made us look at things different. I've never had no one to reach out and help us, for somebody to reach out and say, I love this family, like and just play that role. Like, they took it on right away. They took the role on right away. Like, that same day I met them, they took that role on to help me and, and, and get my mind from thinking a negative way about the pregnancy to thinking the positive is gonna work out. Uh, it's just a process that you have to go through and are you willing to do that? And I said, yeah, I would do that. Would y'all encouraging me out? So, Scott, when they say uh, Love Life helped with a car and a house and all of that, what really happened was it was a local church just like this one that helped find a car, helped them with housing, threw them a shower, walked alongside of them. This is a movement of the church. This is not a movement of Love Life. In fact, our goal is that Love Life isn't even needed at some point because the people of God are just doing who, what Jesus said we are. You talk about identity. And how identity leads to action. Jesus didn't say we are to be salt and be light. He said that's who we are. He said you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So we're just activating, mobilizing the church, mobilizing the people of God. And so a church did those things for the Wiggins family. And when she said everything happened right away, Wednesday they chose to keep their baby. Thursday they surrendered their lives to the Lord. Sunday they were in a local church with a mentor. And the following week they got married. And, and that's, yeah, go ahead. You see, pro-lifers get labeled as all we care about is people keeping their babies. We want to we send a different narrative, a different story. No, we care about people. Because God cares deeply about people. That picture right there. You could interchange that picture with the little baby that, that, that is being portrayed as being loved on there. You could put a mama in there. You put a daddy in there. You put the whole family in there. Jesus loves people deeply. So therefore, we love people deeply. And, and so our heart is a culture shift. It's not just like political stuff and we hope abortion's illegal and then we can just go about our lives. Like the culture shifting from where men and women no longer even feel the need to run to an abortion clinic, but will run to the local church. 
because we care, because we're willing to do something, we're willing to help and engage in all of the surrounding issues that lead a family to that place. We're not naive, we know this is a complex issue. But we have the tools, we have the spirit of God, we have the wisdom of God, we have the breath of God in us, and we can engage with this and make a difference. And that's what we're seeing happening. So today is the tragic truth, you're hearing about that. Wednesday we're gonna call you to pray and fast because this is a spiritual issue. We're engaging with the stronghold. We're engaging with the strongman. We're, we're calling on heaven, you know, as uh, Elisha uh, prays and asks for, you know, for the eyes to see and they see, you know, chariots and angels and, and the activity of heaven coming and touching earth. Like, that's what we're engaged in here. Like, we're not just going through the motions. We're, we're calling on heaven. We're praying and fasting. In Greensboro, we have seen, when we started last year, Wednesdays was one of the busiest days at the abortion clinic and little by little those numbers kept going down to where now they're not doing any abortions on Wednesdays anymore at the clinic in Greensboro. And we believe that part of that is the church praying and fasting and engaging. And so feel free to pray and fast on any other days that you want to as well. Uh, Saturday, we want you to come to the prayer walk. We host a prayer walk every Saturday. It's, it's at uh, Destiny Christian Church in Greensboro. Um, in fact, this would be a good time to talk about signing up for the prayer walk. We have an app that I would love for you to download. In fact, we're going to give space for that right now. So if you're techie and you can download an app, I'm going to give you the info to do that. If you're not techie, we have commitment cards uh, that uh, you can just raise your hand and say, hey, I'd like a commitment card and I want to sign up to come to the prayer walk. The reason we do this is we're going to give you information about the prayer walk. We're going to give you the worship songs that we'll be singing on Saturday. We're also going to give you specific ways that you can be praying. And uh, so we want you to be informed and engaged. So if you have an, a smartphone in, in the Apple store, uh, just look for Love Life USA. Make sure you put USA at the end. Otherwise, it gets weird. All right. Don't just put Love Life in there. Okay. Uh, Love Life USA. If you have a Droid, Android phone, put Love Life Triad in there. You'll see our logo. Download that app. Very first thing that pops up in the top left-hand corner is Prayer Walk Commitment Card. You can fill that out, and we'll get that. We'll know you're signed up to come. You commit to pray and fast on Wednesday, and then come to the prayer walk on Saturday. 9 a.m. to 1045, we have a code of conduct. We don't, uh, we're not holding signs. We're not picketing. We're not protesting. We ask everyone that's participating in the prayer walk not to engage with anyone involved in abortion. Uh, we're not against engaging in sidewalk counseling, but we believe you should be trained to do that, not just show up and, you know, start hollering and calling out. And it's hard sometimes. It's emotional. You want to try and help, but we are there to pray, to fast. And then at the end of the prayer walk, we're going to give you specific ways that you can be engaged ongoing to tangible acts of love. So 1 John three sixteen and 18 says, this is how we know what love is. Christ laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our lives for one another. Therefore, let us love not only in word, but in action and in truth. And so connections are a way for you to love in action. So you can become a mentor. You can say, I would like to be a mentor to a mom. In fact, we have a mentor that's from Hope City who is mentoring a mom uh, who chose life at the Planned Parenthood in Winston-Salem. And uh, so, uh, she, in fact, she told me between services, she's been talking with this mom, and uh, she's been kind of on the fence back and forth of whether or not she's going to keep her baby. And she just texted this week and said, I finally have resolved to keep my baby, and uh, we're gonna, I'm going to raise this child. And so, um, can, can we her. say who it is? Yeah, yeah Tori, so. come on, stand up, girl. Tori Shaw. 
honor her. Amen. That's cool. Let me just say this about Tori real quick. Uh, Tori's been uh, leading a post board of small group class. We call it a class. How about that? She's been leading a class with other ladies who actually went through with an abortion. And again, that's another thing that you guys do, man, so well, because we don't want shame. We don't want destruction. We want to restore life and hope, even if there's been mistakes made. And, and she's been leading a class uh, with several women, and she's actually getting ready to start another one. I have it written down here, June 12th. That's a Wednesday evening, and it happens right here at the church. So if you want to know more about that, maybe this has involved you, it's impacted your life, Tori is getting ready to start a class here uh, June 12th. And um, listen, here it is. Write this down. If you want more information about it, they are not forgotten at yahoo.com is a place that you can go to email all your questions and Tori will get back with you because we are even in mistakes, even, even when devastating mistakes are made, God is not running from you. He is not shunning you. He is wanting to restore hope and forgiveness and joy in your life. And so Tori has just stood up and doing that in a huge way. And so Tori, thanks for being a great example. Thank you. So part of connections too is that aspect of just, you know, addressing the reality one in three men and women will have an abortion in their lifetime in the U S about half of those claim to be Christian. So we know there's people participating in our prayer walks that have had abortions. And one of the things that we love to say at our prayer walks is just welcome home. Um, we want this to be a safe place, an experience of healing in your journey. We want to say very clearly, you've not committed the unforgivable sin, When Jesus said it is finished, it's paid in full, that he meant that. There's not an asterisk there that says unless you've had an abortion. And uh, that that you, as much as anyone else, have a role in the family of God to honor the Lord with your life, with your story, and with your testimony. And a lot of times, uh, I read an article one time, a, a lady who had an abortion, she said, I believed I had committed the unforgivable sin because in church we never connect forgiveness with abortion. And in the theater of the mind, you know, just things run rampant and God must not love me. There's no way he can forgive me. And I just love to say and declare that there is forgiveness available to everyone who confesses and forsakes their sin. In the Proverbs, it says that first John one nine, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then Psalm 103, he removes our sin as far as the east from the west. He says, I will remember your sin against you no more. And uh, so for our church family in Hickory, we've seen um, at least five women go through our post-aborted Bible study. They've participated in the prayer walks. It's a part of their, their journey and their healing. So it's a safe place for you to be um, on Saturday. There's so much. Uh, hopefully the Lord's taken this through your mind. And, and I want to close it with this. Um, I want to pray. We're going to pray over Josh. We're going to pray over the organization Love Life. We've got a couple other things we're going to pray over here. This, this, now it's this afternoon as we sort of close this time. But as, um, as, as this Sunday has been approaching, and we knew this for a couple months now, my prayer has been that this is not just something that you guys walk out of here and say, oh, wow, that was awesome. That was a good time. What a great organization. Man, I hope it does well. You know, let's just be honest. That's the way it is sometimes. My prayer is that God is going to continue to just put his presence on you. That this is something that you truly get to wrestle with. Because we have to leave out of this place now being exposed to truth 
What are we going to do? What's our next step? And so I pray that tomorrow, I pray that Wednesday, I pray that next Sunday, I pray that the Holy Spirit is going to continue to just push as he does. Hey, Scott, what are you going to do about this? So guys, listen, we've got next steps because we don't want to just talk about this stuff. We have to put it into practice. Wednesday, we are praying and fasting. I want you to put that on your calendar. We're praying and fasting on Wednesday, on Saturday, about 845. Can you guys put the location back up on the screen behind us? Around 845, we're showing up in Greensboro and we're going to be led and we're going to pray. All right. We're not going to yell. We're not going to scream. We're not going to shame. We're not going to do any of that. We're going to go and intercede on behalf of some mothers and some fathers and some families and some babies. We're going to intercede. Because I know that prayer is the greatest weapon that the Father has given us. Not only in this topic, but in every aspect of our life. I'm going to go ahead and challenge. There's some of us in this room that haven't prayed in months. And you feel shame and you feel guilt because you haven't. And listen, the church has probably made you feel guilty for that. That's not the way it is. The enemy wants you to feel that way. If you haven't prayed and you haven't been praying, you haven't been communing with the Father, I want to say, hey, God's just opening arms waiting. You and him have conversation right now. What I say is if we close this thing up, we're going to pray. And I got to stand up because the preacher, you know, I don't know how we sat down this long. Guys, we got to put this into practice. We can't just listen and hear and talk about it. We've got to put some practice involved with it. We've got to take some steps where we actually take the gospel message to our community. That video, I've seen it three times now. That video, I don't want what they said to be true of this community. That family, the Wiggins family said, no one ever asked us if we needed any help. I don't want a family in the triad to be able to say that. Guess what? God has put his spirit inside of us if we love his son, Jesus. It's our responsibility to put the word, the gospel, the truth into practice. There's probably people in your area of influence, your circle that is just sitting there waiting and hoping. Would somebody please ask me, I need help. We're going to cancel that out and it's not going to exist in this community in years to come. Amen. We're going to put it into practice. And so Saturday, we get to go and we get to pray. And that's how we're going to land this thing this morning. This afternoon, we're going to pray. There's a scripture I wanted to come up on the screen. I don't have it memorized. I probably should. But it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I think it's around the second verse. The third verse, it says this. For we live in the world, but we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. It goes on and it says that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Prayer is the weapon that God has given us to come against all of the enemy and his forces. See, we're not coming against the women who are getting abortion. We're not coming against the abortion doctors. We're not coming against them. We're coming against the enemy, Satan, who is trying to separate us like never before. And so what are we going to do? Hey, church, 
We're going to practice the gospel message and we're going to pray. Amen.